should, should I introduce you? Uh, you know, Fadi, thank you very much for for agreeing with this. We're going to have a little chat, casual chat, um, about yourself, really, if if that's all right. I know you love talking about yourself. <laughs> um, Thanks, Carl. And sort of the well, where it all started, and and where where we are now with with what VSS Academy are doing. Hmm. Um, so I. I well, where did you start? I mean, where did you do? Your, where did you do your MSc? Where did you start your MSc? Uh, I did my MSc at UCLan, funnily enough. But yeah. yeah, but the way the whole VSS thing started, it, it goes right back to when I was um, studying medicine at at um, uh, sorry at Charing Cross. It finished off as Imperial, but yeah. while I was studying, I uh, worked as an old surgeon, and then I started getting into implantology. That was in '98. Uh, started placing implants, and um, the whole thing about the visiting specialist developed because I thought um, I'm visiting lots of practices doing MOS and implants and kind of making a living out of it and it's a good system it's a good at that and now it's obvious a lot of people do it but at that time there weren't that many people going around yeah particularly with implants placing implants yeah so at that point I thought actually it wouldn't it be great if I get a team of people I trust to work with, and we all go out and do implants, make it into a business. Yeah, that's um, that basically. Was, so that started in '98 with just you. Yeah, yeah. So and, um, then... and then gradually by 2002, I left hospital. Yeah, got married, and all of a sudden my my whole um, outlook changed. I didn't want to pursue um, uh, the maxillofacial pathway any longer because I wanted to go into the implant side of things with kids on the way and so on, the whole outlook. Was it the kids or was it that you just enjoyed doing the implants more than the It was surgery? a combination because I, I yeah. loved it. I absolutely loved the implants because it's, it had the surgery, it had the sinus grafts, it had the blood grafts, it had the prosthetic aspects, it has a bit of perio obviously involved in it and most aspects of dentistry were involved in it. Yeah. And there was a lot to learn and lots of challenges. So it, it was interesting, it was challenging enough. and. On the other side, I thought actually, the kids are coming along, yeah. on calls and being away from home for um, three months at a time and so on. It just the appeal changed. My perspective changed. My yeah, the perspective on life changes, doesn't it? When, when, yeah. when you have yeah. family on the way and so on. So I made the hardest decision of my career to hand in my resignation. Okay. So I actually resigned from hospital, which was a tough decision. But which hospital was that? This was I was at West Middlesex at that time. Yeah. Doing general surgery. So did you feel that was quite a, a risk? We, uh, did you? Did it you was. It was scary. It was a bit nervous and very because you're giving away. A, I'm not trying to put words into your mouth. I'm just trying to work it out. So you're giving away an employed status. Yeah. Where you've got the safety net, or you think you've got a safety yeah. net, because yeah. obviously they can. Tell it you can to, change. Yeah, yeah, that can change. So you're giving that away, and then you're going out on your own. Yeah. As totally self-employed. Yeah. But you're not reliant on being within a practice and that protection of being mm. an associate, you've got no protection because you go, you're, you're going away and you're visiting practices yeah. and you're hoping that you you get on with the people that you're working with. Yeah. I know a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you've done it as well. I'm doing it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should ask you a few more questions. <laughs> um, so, it, it, I mean, for me, when mm. I did that, it was very nerve-wracking. Yes. I mean, for me, I thought this could be me going back into being an associate again. Mm. I'd always got that safety net, I suppose. I always knew that I could drop back to something that I did not want to do anymore. Right. But it was always it was always there. Yeah. I don't know whether you felt the same. Yes. 
but it's still a big step, isn't it? Mm. It's, a, it's 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 a scary. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. 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 But Would you do you look back and think uh, at any point that it's something that you regret, or did you have any point any point where you just thought, oh, "I wish I hadn't done that"? No, I, there are points where I've missed aspects of yeah. it, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love maxillofacial surgery. I loved it. I mean, I was one of those guys who would go in my free time and watch and assist. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a bit sad. I didn't do it every every Friday night, but some Friday nights I went out and did extra suturing in A&E. In those days you could, as a student even, I would go, I want to get good at suture. So I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't have enough of it. So... I miss that, aspects. Sorry, I'm interrupting you a little bit, but do you, do you think those opportunities uh, are still there for those people that want to do that? Or are they a little bit harder now? It's harder. Yeah. Much I, harder. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I guess we were lucky. Yes. Because uh, we've just said that we're both the same age. Yeah. Which I think... Although meant... you look much younger than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to put the makeup on. That's the only reason I look like this. This is with makeup, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things that that I, I found when I was at dental school is that you could go in and do extra sessions, mm. which you can't do anymore. No. The regulations have changed and they've kind of stopped mm. that, which is a shame. I look back on that and I think for those people that were really keen, yes, you had the opportunity and I'm, it was the same, I guess, for both of us. You mm. had the opportunity to go in and do those sessions, whereas now you've got so much red tape. Yeah. And I hope people listen to this and take note of this. Mm. So for those people that are keen and they do want to really relish what they do and they do enjoy what they do and they want to, to be better than what they are mm. the steps they have to go through are much harder yeah i totally agree so and also to be honest um they let's face it the, the workforce is needed isn't yeah it? yeah so when i remember when i went to help in the any um, sessions um the, the doctors were delighted yeah. because you know that means that freedom up to do other things but i wanted to get good at suturing they had somebody with a heart attack to have a look up, you know, look after and so on. So um, using, like you said, those people who are keen to do extra sessions, um, whichever way it might be, whether it's to do extractions or suture, whatever it is, then to use them in a wise way, actually, we should look at, look at that somehow. Yeah. Um, but it, it, needs, it needs a bit of planning, it needs a bit of kind of um, clever thinking to try and make use of, um, enthusiasm, yeah. and not crush it really. I agree. Um, I mean, how would you feel? Do you think? Do you feel that the extension? I mean, when we look at the support staff, I know that the people that assist me would love to suture those patients, mm. and I'm talking about the nurses that I work with. They're desperate to get their hands on yeah. those sutures and suture up, and yeah. they they and I I I don't see why we couldn't look at that in the future of of giving those skills mm. because yeah, it yeah. does then free us up as the clinician to go and plan. That's a good or, point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's something that, um, you know, I, I, I could see their skills enhancing in the future mm. with, with the right training. If only the people that were sort of looking down and making these regulations might just open their horizons yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. Um, we need to think out of the box a bit yeah. and be more innovative and imaginative with things. And, you know, um, it, the nurses can do certain stuff now, which, which most practices don't use them for. But, you know, apart from the radiographs, they can take models. Yeah. Right? So they can take impressions for models. Um, they can do a lot more than they do, which makes it more interesting for them, as well as save time for us. I, had a, I, was, I was doing uh, a lecture on digital dentistry, and I know you're doing that today mm. here. Um, 
and one of the one of the things that I thought was quite sad really was one of the clinicians was telling me that in the practice they work in the the nurses and the support staff are trained with the digital scanners yeah so they can take the scan which effectively is a photograph yeah but the clinicians won't let them use the scanners which I think is slightly short-sighted because that I mean fine I get it when it's a gadget and it's a new toy sure and you want to play with it but they're past that stage they've been trained yeah. they've been trained so they can take the they can take the scans they can take the impressions they can do the radiographs and I, I I think using that that skill set and in, and I think that makes for a better work environment. Yeah. Personally, I don't know whether you agree. No, I, I totally agree. I think yeah. um, um, I think the teamwork. We've got deep quick, haven't we? I know that's, that's, that is deep <laughs> for, for, for me anyway. Uh, I think uh, it is um, it is worth looking at. I, I, I like that thought that you know yeah. you can actually make them more of your team. Yeah. I mean, I remember days even in hospital when we had nurses who were able to put cannulas in, but yeah. they're not allowed to. Which, yeah. I was thinking uh, absolute, um, you know, it was just nuts. Yeah. You're thinking, um, we've got people with the skills, we need the skills, and yet, you, you know, they're not allowed to do it. Um, so if they've got the skills that can be trained for it, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, and Sorry, yeah, and I, I took us off track a little bit. That's all right. So we were talking about your, your, your sort of, before we got to your MSc, about... Oh, yes, the, the working yes, yes. practice and the, yeah. the sort of get, stepping out of your comfort zone. Yes, stepping into that area where you had resigned your place at the hospital and you. you how many practices was that you were visiting at the time? At that time, well, when I resigned, mm. I only had a handful that I was going to. Um, and this and was just yourself at the time. Just myself, yeah. and uh, it was scary on various levels. One because of thinking, okay, I'm self-employed now. I've got no nothing to go back to in such. Um, as such, um, employment's stopped, and also the career is at least put on hold. I mean, I, I could have gone back, so I could have given myself a year if it doesn't work out to go back. So there, it wasn't completely free falling. Uh, you know, I had yeah. a parachute, so to speak. Yeah. So I um, basically um, started with that. Then what I did, I started to use, um, speak to colleagues, friends, go to meetings. And as I met um, dentists, they introduced me. Actually, most of it grew organically through word of mouth. Yeah. So, you know, one colleague would say, actually, I've got a mate who needs um, somebody to place implants for them and to do manual surgery. In those days, not many people were providing implants. In fact, I remember having to convince some people that actually we should look into providing implants at the practice. So that's how it organically grew. And then I got other people on board. So when I got really busy, I thought, right, let's, let's make it into a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, uh, gradually, I got more colleagues on board and thought, okay, let's call it something. And that's why I call it VSS, Visiting Specialist Services. Yeah. In those days, basically, it did what, what it said, that, you know, visiting specialist services. It wasn't always specialists, but they were doing specialist-type treatments. So yes. Perio. Yeah. Um, um, at some stage, we'll be doing endo as well, but minor surgery, implants, those are the main things. Yeah. So once it grew to that level, then it came to a stage where I was um, placing and, and restoring. But the colleagues I was working with were interested, so I started training them into the restorative aspect. Then slowly, slowly, we decided, actually, you know what, let's run a course to train our colleagues to do the restorative aspect as we place. It makes us more efficient. Working in a team is more efficient. It's, again, the, our ethos with VSS has always been, it's got to be win-win. 
So the patient has got to be one, um, be winning out of it, which is the primary thing. And then the practice got to win. If those two win out of what we do, we will inevitably win out of yeah. it. You know, so that that was the philosophy from the beginning. If I look after the patients and the practices, then they look after you. Look after us. So, yeah. and that was that was it worked. You know, we did as as a and everybody coming on board, yourself included, when we worked together. So we had we have the same yeah. philosophy. You know, yeah. if we do. We want to sleep easier. I mean, to do the best we can yeah. um, on every level. Then everybody's going to be winning out of it, and it just grew um, organically. Then we thought, right now that people are restoring, started running courses. Then developed it further and further into doing the implant courses, and I got involved with um, Eucla in 22, uh, 2012, seven years ago. Seven years. Seven years. I know. I looked much younger before, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've loved working at UCLA. It, it has been. They uh, didn't have it, if I remember rightly, back then. They didn't have an implant course. They had an oral surgery. There was the, the implant course had started. It just started. Yes, right? it yeah. had started. Correct. Yeah, I'll yeah. Take it back. Was it just in its infancy? Was it just? It, it was. It was. Yeah. Maybe I mean, a year, I, two years. When, when basically, when I got, uh, I started a whole new curriculum. Yeah. I, I took what we were teaching then. Basically, started a whole new curriculum yeah. and developed that side of it and um, we had a, quite a small team back then um, at Yuclan and it's grown immensely um, through you know everybody there from St. John Crean to Malcolm Edwards and that time Prof Harris was there as well and yeah. the whole thing grew uh, at the postgraduate department we were all on one level in one corridor you know which was great actually in some ways we, as you walked in you could see everybody say hi now different buildings different parts of the building so it's grown dramatically and now there's a medical school at UCLan as well so yeah, yeah. Um, but the postgraduate course went through a lot of development and um, you know where we are at now really like the products that we've come to because you know always thought if I was starting out what would I like out of a course yeah and we've put everything in there that we think is essential, both from having a full CBCT training to having a cadaver, fresh cadaver experience to uh, digital workflow to patients um, to work on. And throughout the years, we also looked at barriers. Okay, why is it somebody comes on a course, wants to do implants, but then ends up not doing implants? Yeah. If it's because they think it's not for me, fair enough. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's fair enough. But if somebody really wants to, but is struggling, Okay, what are the barriers? And a lot of them have been down to mentoring, not being able to find a mentor or having a mentor in an affordable way or not being able to get a patient initially. And sometimes it becomes like a catch-22. You know, I can't get a patient on board and the confidence goes down. Yeah. Once they start to do cases, the confidence goes up, then they can actually um, promote the treatments better. So the barrier... One was, okay, let's give patients on the course. So direct supervision. The other thing is after MSC, um, you know, 15 clinical days supervised is great, but it's not going to be enough for you to kind of fly solo completely necessarily. For some it might, for some it might not be. So we thought post MSC, there's got to be mentoring or even during MSC, you know, outside of the course. Yeah. If they want to do more courses, in, uh, more cases in practice, having a mentor there. So we, develop um, and we are actually in the process of developing that more okay getting a mentoring program yeah 
for people to be able to do this in a in a is that um, aside from the training centres? Is that something that we're addition, talking about now, yeah. or in addition to the training centres as well? Yeah. So at the moment, we've got the training centres where they can get the supervised um, uh, treatments at the training centres where the yeah. patients are given to them. We're looking at extra mentoring, uh, both for straightforward cases, um, plus we're looking at doing a lot of complex modules. So people who want to now progress to doing sinus grafts or soft tissue grafts or block grafts and so on, all of that we can do at some centers. Okay. Um, so I mean, I, mean I, I, I know, so for the purpose of people that will be tuning in to listen to what we're talking about, a training center is, uh, well, I should let you say what a training center is, shouldn't I? Cause I so it's a practice yeah. that's already placing implants that as VSS offers the support to that practice and then the mentees can travel hopefully locally to that practice and then be mentored with an experienced implantologist. And as I understand it, we have criteria with VSS as to what we choose as a, as a mentor. So it's not somebody that's got no experience in Absolutely. implants. It's not somebody that's got a little bit of experience in mm. implants, but it's somebody that, that you personally and I think the team at VSS and UCLan maybe may be involved in that somehow? Yeah, for the training centres, yes. Yeah. So for the training centres, we um, go through whole quality assurance process for, yeah. for, for the practice. Um, as you said, they are experienced um, at placing, restoring implants, and they have the same mentality in terms of, I mean, we, we follow the ITI protocols yeah. um, pretty much. And the reason for that is because it's kind of... Um, uh, evidence-based protocols yeah. guys um, um, and we try to be evidence-based as much as um, well for everything we do it's got to be evidence-based certainly from the teaching point of view uh, one might do some things that are new when you um, in hospital or in at university level but when we teach it's got to be what's tried and tested and um, um, which is <laughs> Which is, so I'm going on a bit of a tangent because uh, it's important um, to mention there's lots of fashions, <coughs> excuse me, in, in dentistry, but in implant dentistry even more. Yeah. So it's very easy to fall into these traps of, um, yeah. oh, this is a new thing, let me jump into that. Think, okay, let's just make sure you're not going to get into trouble. Our aim in teaching is, look, these things are tried and tested. Yeah. Learn how to do this properly first. When you feel you're comfortable with that, you want to try some other things. Fair enough, but don't go to the the fashion, the latest fashion straight away, which I've, unfortunately I've seen some colleagues do. And do you think that um, one of the things that's difficult sometimes, certainly for people that are new to implants, and sometimes even people that are experienced with implants, is there are some very ethical companies out there yeah. that they're very good at selling. Yes, and you can be drawn into that sale. Yeah, and and it's. It's something that I think that uh, certainly is sort of being course director here that I see us not not sort of being drawn into as such. Mm, mm. Not that we say anything in particular about any one implant company. No. We try and mm. teach that there is no sort of one implant company that, that we're, we're going to suggest that they, they go, and, basically we're given the education that go and find your own Absolutely. way yeah, yeah. but here are some basic guidelines Absolutely. but how, how would you say that you I mean do we do that in the course I'm not aware of it how would you say that we kind of put that that be aware of those temptations that 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 fruit mm. of 
you know, my implant is great, it does this. Yeah. You can stick the implant in, you can put a crayon on top on the same day and your patient's going to love it and it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, well, I hope... I did hope. you ever fall foul of anything like that at any point? Um, I've, I've fallen foul of many things, but yeah. 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 <laughs> and certainly surgical techniques that were exciting and, you know, having, having loved surgery and done... I've gone kind of almost full circle for trying really complex stuff yeah. and trying to put implants where it's really tricky to place to now gone full circle to say look I want the bone and the soft tissue to be as ideal as possible before I place the implants yeah because that's the best for healing yeah you know it's 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 a it's a piece of metal in at the end of the day it doesn't have its own blood supply you know we need to make sure everything around it has got good blood supply so it can heal around it yeah it's not magic and you know the, the bone substitute is not pixie dust it's actually needs Good blood supply so taking that into account so not pushing the remit necessarily as much but doing things in a more um yeah a little bit more conservative way yeah. because i want to make sure we get good results or, or conventional more conventional yeah is, uh, absolutely i mean there are to be honest with you there this is some of the research i'm doing as well which i've, yeah. I've bored you with before but just very briefly yeah. um it's on actually causes of perimplantitis yeah you know we know there is a growing school of thought about actually I'm a geek by the way don't bore me <laughs> oh good 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 <laughs> might be boring somebody who's listening but, <laughs> but they can tune out yeah <laughs> in essence you know uh, Albrechtson has been saying that for years hasn't he that yeah is it an infection or is it primarily a foreign body reaction where is the foreign body reaction coming from are the particles being released well actually there is growing evidence particles are released um, at various ways um, one of the ways is um, when you're placing the implant, the shear forces can get things released into the um, osteo osteotomy sites. Yeah. And that may well be a problem. So how we place our implants, how much we torque them, it's not just getting about getting osteitis, it's about getting how many particles am I releasing in there. It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? It is, it is. So, absolutely amazing. So all of that comes in. So, you know, maybe the conventional stuff wasn't that bad. You know, maybe yeah. we need to kind of revisit, should be, but again, I'm not saying um, I'm against any particular technique. That's the fashion. I'm saying, you know, think about it with yeah. open eyes. Think about it, the physiology behind it. Why should this work? Yeah. Where is the blood supply coming on? You know, is there a problem with this technique? Not now, but in five, six, seven years' time. Yeah. How is that going to look in six, seven years' time? Does my patient know that could be a problem in five, six, seven years' time? You know, all of these things. So I, I hope, I hope we do cover that in the course in that. We are not married to any specific company, and we've always been very, um, I hope you've been verbal about it, to say, look, we have sponsors on the course, but what we teach is about how to choose a system based on what you know. So, you know, like you were saying, on understanding the system and you choose what you want, but you know what to look for. If somebody says, my implant is the best, then you've got the right answer, uh, questions to ask them, and you know from the answers whether they have the evidence or not. Yeah. You know, but from implant design to what material is it made of to the placement uh, protocols, all that jazz should be um, second nature to these guys when when they finish the course. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. And rather than say, oh, I use we're not about I use that system because we were told that's the best system. That's yeah. not what we're about. We're about you know here's the facts. Um, here's how to think about it for yourself physiologically using the facts and you decide what you want to use and 
I know we've got a, a, a big team with VSS Academy and, and UCLan. Um, one of the members of that team of Rhiannon. Yes. Who's specifically asked me to ask you <laughs> several questions, Alan. <laughs> Thanks, one, Alan. One of which, one of which is, if you were to think about this and step outside of what you do, which can mm. be difficult sometimes, and have a look at all the courses that are out there, what do you think makes sort of the PSS MSc sort of stand out as a course, or why would you think? Well, if I've got this MSc course to pick. And you have all the ones that are, and the several within the UK and the several outside of the UK. Mm. What would what would make you think? Okay, I'm I'm going to pick VSS. Or what have you put into VSS mm. that that makes you sort of think? Yeah, you know, we we are up there. I think look, there are lots of good courses that um, I very much respect as well. So um, um, I'm. I'm I'll talk about what VSS does and, yeah. and what, what I think is good about it yeah. um, and why we've kind of put the curriculum to be as it is, uh, apart from the content, um, which I think is important, uh, apart from it fulfilling not just a criteria for the FGTP training standards, um, it, it goes beyond that, I think, in terms of detail. So. It is a master's level course, so it, um, uh, the content in terms of knowledge base, we go in, in a lot of detail. It's not a basic course, you know. It um, people even on the certificate courses, the knowledge base that we we cover, as you know, is quite high high level. Yeah. Apart from that, the things I mentioned earlier, like uh, fresh cadaver course. Yeah. You know, I was in the, at the beginning. To be honest, I wasn't sure if it was going to be useful for the course or not. But, and I nearly took it out until, you know, when we've been there, as you know yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. the students absolutely so, love it's it. It's amazing, yeah. That they, because it's such a good experience, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they go through everything um, from suturing to GBR to placement and observing the anatomy. It gives another level of confidence. Uh, unbelievably so. Yeah. For, for, for the, when, I, when we've been there, for the students that have already got surgical skills, they mm. can take that surgical skill to another level. Yeah. So even to the point where they're repositioning nerves. Yeah. And and then for those that have got no surgical skills, getting the confidence to actually mm. get in there and, and raise a flap. Yeah. Some of them haven't raised a flap. Yeah. For for years, if ever. Yeah. Um, so That's true. Very true. I think it it makes a huge and suturing on on pretty much as good as they're going to get onto a live yeah. person for the first time. Yeah. It's as close as you can get. It is as close to the as real you can thing. Get, and, yeah. and, so that, that that's been um, of great value from people's feedback. Yeah. So because of that, we can, kept it. Can in. I stop you there? Say. Yeah. So based on that, what made you think that you were going to take that out of the course? Well, I I, I wasn't sure if they were that they were um, actually appreciating it. For okay. me, when we first put it in, I thought yeah. this is going to be great. And then I I thought I'm not sure if if people are appreciating it because not many people talked about the CAD of the course. Okay. Until I thought was that because it was like Fight Club, <laughs> because it, it has got that kind of you do go in there and they do say you're not allowed to take your mobile phone, you're not allowed to take yeah. pictures, you're not allowed to take cameras. Yes, perhaps. So we're not allowed to talk that's about it. We're not allowed to talk about cadaver day. No, that's per perhaps, perhaps, perhaps there's a reason. But yeah, I, I, that was it would have been a mistake to take it out. But I went before I made the decision. I went and asked the students, asked them to yeah. give feedback. What do you think of it? And the overwhelmingly positive, exciting feedback I got. I thought, okay, yeah. 
we were keeping it because um, and that's one thing I've noticed I'm interrupting you again but that's one thing I've noticed with the course content throughout since I've started here mm. with Birmingham for over the past three four years mm. is that the you've you've changed the content of the courses mm. to adapt to the way that the way that the learning aspects change mm. yeah absolutely and one of those changes is the CBCT course because yeah. in my mind again if you're placing implants you need to know about CBCTs yeah. so as you know we used to do just a, a single day now uh, they have to have the whole CBCT training yeah um, because without that I don't think the training is complete so we want to give as complete as a training so that part of it um, I think we're happy with it apart from that um, I think what comes through VSS obviously VSS Academy um, whether in conjunction with UCLan, we've got the university degree. I mean, that again in itself um, is, is a big thing because people are doing the training and most people like to have a qualification from it. Not everybody. Some people are happy to have a certificate, but some people want to have a university qualification. Great. Now we, we can do that. Um, but the clinical supervision is uh, very much a big big attraction for for the candidates because they want to have at the end of the day it is hands-on practical skill which is not taught at undergraduate level yeah um and th this is very important I mean, as every undergraduate i've spoken to i haven't had anybody who said they've, they've had more than say half a day on it and at most have placed some implants on a plastic bit of plastic yeah um which in my mind is nowhere near enough you know even from under, undergraduate level they should at least know who not to refer yeah how to assess an implant you know because you can't avoid seeing people in practice who've had implants done and you can't say well i didn't do it i'm not going to touch it that's supervised neglect really yeah you know so they should be taught at least how to examine an implant um so having having that in the having the clinical aspects and then post course network so we have a network of clinicians that we want to keep in touch i mean trying to grow the alumni have alumni meetings and make the network actually um use the network better so we can actually all learn from each other um, but if you're finding challenges in one part even if it's not to do with implants you've got a good network of colleagues you know and trust to actually um, go to and ask for advice yeah um, we've got the mentoring side post courses some some people have done their exams, they've done MSCs and um, are actually getting referrals, but there are certain aspects that they don't want to do themselves, for instance, sinus grafts, and they want to train for that. So we can actually take them through, we've got the advanced cut of a course, they can do the advanced cut of a course, three days, they do everything, you know, from block grafting to um, nerve, playing around with the nerve, finding out anatomy and um, sinus crestal, transcrestal, um, open sinus grafts and what have you, the, the whole shebang basically. So that would be step one. Step two would be to observe and assist, then to be mentored, and then eventually once for certain cases to go solo. So that would be kind of a progression to complex if they want to go that route. Yeah. So we're trying to kind of get all of that together. It's not just um, a course you've done, child, you know, we'd like to be there to support throughout the whole process. So going back to 1998? Yes. Did you ever see then when you made that decision that you're going to be here 
doing this? Not in a million years, no. <laughs> I could have dreamt it, but I, you know, I, at that time I thought I want to make um, something of this because I thought yeah. you know it's a win-win situation. It's good for patients, yeah. for them to stay in normal practices, yeah. not to have to travel around. It's good for the practice because yeah. you know from there it makes sense to treat patients at that level in their own practices. It's good for the likes of me because we got more work. Yeah, you know. So that was the idea. Initially, it was purely clinical. Yeah. So I had that vision of making that clinical part a thing, making yeah. it bigger. Yeah. But um, at that time, I hadn't dreamt about becoming an academic and kind of teaching and running MSCs. And I would have loved that, you know. But at that time, I didn't think it would be something I would do. But so when you say think, what, would, would you say that? That was something that might have been in the back of your head, or it wasn't even there. It wasn't, it wasn't a thought or anything. It was just something that sort of grew, it, and it grew, really, you kind yeah. of found a pathway that you liked, and you kept following that pathway. Yeah, I had done teaching on a small, small basis at yeah. that stage. Like you know, inevitably we had taught um, uh, at Bristol. I was doing some supervision for the students yeah. as a senior officer and so on. And then when I was a medical student. I was still carrying on going, doing some locums and teaching people a bit. Yeah. But then, um, even at med school, we once I qualified, I look after some students. But I enjoyed that part. I loved the mentoring part, you know, one to one yeah. or small groups. But I'd never um, imagined. I hadn't really thought about running um, university courses at that stage. Yeah. Although the idea of the it's not entirely true because I remember. I just remembered. I had a talk with my. Um, Dean uh, Professor Matthews, amazing guy who at that time um, I went to his office and told him, Prof, I, I, I want to do oral surgery. And he kind of told me, Okay, well, you have to pass your finals first. I said, Yeah, 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 but how, how do I go about it? And then he said, well, To do it properly, you have to do medicine and da, da da. And he told me at that point, I remember it very well, we have a shortage of academic oral surgeons. You should go into academia. So maybe the seed. Maybe the seed was planted maybe by was, Prof. Matthews for yeah. after all. I don't know, but basically, um, that that's um, uh, he told me at that time. I remember. Obviously, it meant something, but it didn't really think. I didn't really think about doing uh, academia at that stage. I would have done my PhD earlier then. Otherwise, yeah. Um, so but, coming on to your, I was going to come on to you. Oh, Thank no. you. You fed me in. <laughs> so your PhD. I mean, where are you with that now? Um, well, I've, I'm kind of uh, a year and a half in doing it part-time, yeah. and um, I'm, I love it. I, I love being yeah. in the lab, and um, it's, it's a different world, and I lose lose time. Sometimes come out at 6 o'clock thinking, wow, where did that day go? But it's exciting because I'm looking specifically at these aspects of periimplantitis and yeah. particle release, and can we figure out a bit more about this, about the techniques we use? and. I've gone somewhere where there is nothing clinical, so it's basically with materials departments and so on. So um, I mean, you know, nobody knows me from from Adam there, which is great because I'm coming in fresh. Um, they've got fresh ideas, and I think it's quite a healthy situation because we're coming from completely different angles. So you're looking at it from a metallurgy aspect almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So the the key things for me is okay. Does the material we use yeah. matter? Yeah. Um, do the techniques we use matter? Yeah. One is particle release. Um, and is anything we do, is there any evidence? Can I show whether any of this is toxic um, or um, causes an inflammatory reaction? So that's where we are at at the moment. We're in the process of writing an article, so hopefully 
that will get published um, soon. Let's see great. if it does, it would be great. But then the next step is I'm looking at getting collagen attachment around an implant. You yeah. know, with, yeah. with the teeth, we've got that. You know, when you look in, in, in any situation where a, a prosthesis comes through from deep organs to the surface, it's coming through the skin or through the mucosa, there is a risk of infection. I mean, hairs and nails are different because they don't come through, they're still from the dermis. Yeah. You know, they're not going through to deeper organs, whereas implants or teeth, they're coming from bone right through the mucosa into this environment, you know, scary environment. Um, but there is the protection around the teeth with the collagen attachments. It's a physical barrier. And you've also got the periodontal ligament with good blood supply, mesenchymal stem cells, repair and all that. With implants, we don't have any of that. You know, it's very weak connection. Yeah. So my next stage is actually, can we make that connection any better? Can we get a decent connection? And that's, um, so far, um, there's no evidence that we can, but there are different things people have tried. Orthopedic surgeons are trying different things, um, which have worked partially for prosthesis. But it's different in the math when you want things to be aesthetic as well. Yeah. So it's a challenge. It's, a, um, it's an interesting one. I mean, I was talking to Jose, and he was saying they're looking at the designs on the abutments to change the shape of those to mm -hmm. try and see whether or not they can change it. We're going off track a little bit, aren't we? No, that's right. Yeah. But the way the fibers then adhere <coughs> yep. around those abutments yep. in a different way to the shape that the abutments are already forming at the moment. So mm. platform switching was one, but that's yeah. totally different in terms of potentially yeah. how we're going to get healing around these different shapes. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think oh, it's fascinating. at the moment, the way from my, my own review so far has been, look, it's going to be potentially a combination of things. So yeah. it might be a combination of looking at topography and having porosity, perhaps, as well as um, you have to look at several things, you know, sur the, the surface energy of the material, um, is it stable? But in essence, we want to get that collagen insertion. Yeah. Um, I know there are studies have shown um, that there is collagen orientation towards normally when you take a histological view you see collagen fibers going around around the implant or parallel to the implant right yeah, but not actually not actually towards it that's some um, I won't mention company names yeah because we just want to remain you know yeah. um, neutral with it but they've shown that actually fibers go towards the implant through grooves and so on yeah but orientation of fibroblasts and hence the collagen release in that orientation doesn't necessarily mean attachment. So you can guide the direction of fibroblast activity and fibroblast orientation, but that doesn't necessarily mean your collagen is now really strongly attached. Yeah. Do you think we're going to go sort of like the nano surface technology and that's kind of maybe the way that we're going to get to when yeah, we kind of see I think this? Nano surface is, is looking, at the, there is some research on nano surface at the moment, from what I've seen, it's still inconclusive yeah, whether yeah. for soft tissue is going to help or not. Ost bone, you know, osteointegration is a different level. There's, yeah. uh, there's a lot done there, and yes, um, uh, I think. It's exciting, but you see that. But for soft tissue, it's a different story. Different story, isn't it? Yeah. Because epithelial attachment is different from um, fibroblast connective tissue attachment, yeah. um, and which is different from bone attachment. One of the ways probably um, we're going to see some advances um, is through biomolecular coatings. Yeah. So people using specific um, sequences of amino acids yeah. to attract the right cells to actually do the right thing. But then the surface has got to still be important. Yeah. 
So you might attract the right cells to do the right thing, but it's still got still to attach somehow. Still got to attach, yeah. So it, it's interesting. We don't deep again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, where, where do you see the future? I mean, VSS has grown in a, in a, a very short space of time, in my opinion, from, from you. Uh, and then to your harem of uh, specialists, <laughs> uh, me included in that, um, and and then into the academy. Yes. And and you know I've watched the academy sort of bloom, really bloom. Do you, where where do you see it finishing? I mean I know that you had your course or your your, your thing in Cyprus, uh, say thing course. Um, what, 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 it's what, a conference. It? Conference. Yeah, yeah. That's the right word. Yeah. 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 So you had the conference in Cyprus. Um, I know that you're looking in, in other countries, extending things. So there's no stopping you, is there, really? I mean, where, where, well, where, where do you see it growing next? I, I hope I hope we can provide more across the UK as well, um, yes, more, more yeah. sites. And then certainly abroad, we would love to go abroad. We've already kind of started looking at that. Um, as to which countries at the moment making connections to see to see where would be most most use and... Um, where it would work best, really. Yeah. Um, we don't want to um, expand too fast, um, so that you know we lose what quality we're building here. Yeah. So we are expanding, but the team is exp expanding as well. So lucky to have met people on 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 the network that are working like yourself, and you know. I'll pay you, I'll pay you later. I, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> 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 I mean that. I mean, I I really find that it, I really think it's a blessing to work with people. Who are like-minded and you know enjoy working with and yeah we grow together and people come up with ideas as you you do very frequently and we've you know we can make it grow without losing what we're doing here yeah um so we're looking at faculties abroad um but also always looking at how to take the course to the next level how to improve it and how what, to what do you think kind of um I'm, i suppose what i'm asking you really is you're not happy. You're not sat happy. Is not the right word. But you're not satisfied with, and satisfied probably isn't the right word either. You have a. It seems to me when I look uh, from a distance, you have a drive. It's a very, it's a very quiet drive. <laughs> it's very smooth, but it's there. It's like you, you know, it's this lovely quiet train that's moving along at some speed. And and you know, do you, are you aware of that? I mean, I see it. I, I see, you know, when I'm talking to you now, and I, I mean, some of this stuff is we haven't talked about before. I didn't know some of these things. Mm. And for me, you've gone from making the decision that you took that big risk, you took that big step. You've then gone into the teaching and you've gone from VSS into VSS Academy. You're, you're, I mean, can you see the pattern where you're going? And then you've, you've yeah. branched out and... In my mind, I see it. It's I, I like I like the way you see it better than I see it in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In my mind, I I I um I see I don't I can see myself like um, what's next. Not not because I think I have this drive. I want to do more, and I'm uh, unsatisfied. It's because I think um, there's so much out there. Yeah. You know, there's so much that could be done, and um, one of my things has been somebody told me, you know, if if you go alone. You might go fast, but if you go together, you'll go far. Yeah, and that's what I've kind of actually meant a lot to me because I'm actually joining up with colleagues, friends, and moving together. We can do a lot more. Yeah, as long as we're doing good work and we're proud of what we're doing, then that's for me. That's that's 
what keeps keeps me going and gets me up in the morning. I think if there's a project, I love projects. I yeah. love if there's a project that can work and it's got something good coming out of it. So if we're actually providing training, that's getting people out there doing good work, promoting them, and I benefit, everybody benefits, and yeah, that that's you know that's um, um, keep keeps the buzz going. Um, but I don't think. Um, I don't know why we keep coming because I think the potential is there. Yeah, you know, and I think partly as if if we have a good product, then it grows organically anyway. Yeah. But I think actually we can go next. You know, there's nothing certain areas. You know, okay, let's provide this where there is a need. So some areas we've looked at where I thought there was a need and actually it didn't work out. So we, yeah. because I thought actually we misread the market. So I'm learning a lot about that aspect of it. I think the difficulty for me, that the way I see it is um, I'm wearing different hats sometimes yeah. and I find that challenging um, because, for instance, when you're doing clinical work, you're on that mindset and it's great. And if you're doing clinical work most of the week, that's the mindset we have. Then I've gone to the, the, the mindset of having meetings about the business aspect of it. That's a different mindset, um, and and um, then there is the research mindset. When I'm in the lab, it's a completely different mindset. Not being a, um, I, this might be not politically correct, but um, um, they say women can multitask. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I have to stop yeah. that mindset. Going to the other you're, mindset. You're either the implantologist. Or you're the course. Yeah. Uh, what's your title at UCLan? I don't know. Oh, course leader. <laughs> so you call many things. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is this is where you are. I mean, it's it's you are in that zone, aren't you? It's it's yeah. you're either doing the technical work or the clinical work, or you're you're either doing the the administration and you're you're an administrator, yeah. or you're a you're a people manager. But sometimes it's very difficult to have all of those going on. Although you are all of those people. <clears throat> It's difficult. It's difficult to switch off on something, especially yeah. actually, especially with reading articles and doing the research part. Because yeah. you know, I would love to have a whole month to just nail something completely. Because you know, you read into something, you want to complete it, complete something you're thinking about. The same with the project. It'd be nice to just take one project and run it through. Um, so that that part I find challenging. Yeah. You know, there's lots of different things that I have to come in and out of. Yeah. Rather than just stick to one thing and go through, but. Because I've got good people, like you mentioned, Alan, fantastic yeah. to have Alan on board. So we work together um, on the course. We've got amazing faculty, so we work together. Yeah. So it's coming to a stage where actually, that's what I was saying. When we're working together, we can move the whole thing. How easy was it for you to sort of give away, if you like, not that you're giving it away, but to to delegate some of the the aspects of what you did early on? So when when Alan came on board. Mm. Um, with what Alan does and his fantastic organisation skill set and his momentum, his enthusiasm, how easy was it for you to go? It's it's still it's, it's what good. I do, but no, I'm it's not, a good I'm point. Not. Actually, with Alan, it was easy. Yeah, um, I I had thought about different um, aspects and I had actually tried um, um, pe people before, which didn't work out as well. Yeah. Not fault of their own, it just wasn't the right thing. Um, but when Alan came on board and it just clicked and we worked well together, and yeah. um, I think it, it, it was easy because, you know, actually, um, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm giving anything, anything away. I think it's, it's great. Actually, Alan, I would love to give you more, mate. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, 
um, we work well together. He's had a huge amount of experience in the, um, as you know, he's been in ITI and um, SRAM and um, um, course, it was leading the whole um, academic side of it through that for, for many years. Um, and he's got a very nice way about him, people management, and he's, he's managed teams and so on. So um, I think we make a good team. Uh, it wasn't hard at all to, to, to do that when Alan came. Before that, I found it hard. Yeah. That, that's why it didn't happen before. Yeah. I tried it, didn't work out, tried it, didn't work out. And then um, when I was the right time, actually, everything was coming together, you know, um, through the UCLan acceptance everything was coming together so i i remember actually feeling there's a huge amount coming together i really needed some somebody and at that time um we um actually met and yeah. it was when alan was looking for something new as well yeah so, so it it's almost perfect like a timing. perfect yeah dunk yeah and absolutely it was perfect yeah. timing and um, once we joined up everything came together nicely and then we were ready to hit the ground running it's yeah. just the right time so yeah, but that, that part of it was easy. Giving things away clinically, again, um, it, it wasn't... Uh, I made mistake once at the beginning um, um, and, you know, by not checking everything. What I mean by that is it's not just clinical skills of somebody we look at now. I look at their attitude generally. You know, do they like teaching? What's, what's the outlook on things? And um, in the beginning, this is going back 15 years perhaps, I got somebody on board, not in my own field, but in, in a different field that was focused purely on the clinical the clinical ability and the clinical experience and so on. And it didn't work out with, um, with that. And I learned a lot from that, that um, what I'm looking for is not just the clinical experience and knowledge, but also the attitude towards whoever we're mentoring, whoever we're working with. Yeah. So that, you know, when we're working with somebody in their practice or we're mentoring somebody, we are we have um, their best interest in mind. Yeah. It's not about me. It's, it's, it's about, it's about yeah. them and how can I... And if it's not right for them, then to be honest enough to say, look, I don't think this is the right thing to do. But to have that approach, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. I mean, you might do what I do. And sometimes when I'm going out for a meal or even to a, the pub, well, he's coffee these days. <laughs> but you might be served by somebody that has a certain something about them. Yes. And you might think, oh, I, you know, you're good. Yeah. You've got that that people skill. Yeah. And you just spot them. That's right. And it clicks and... It's very yeah. important, I think. Yeah, I think it's hugely important. Um, yeah. It's about relation. I also, if we have that attitude, hopefully, that's shown towards the patients as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it it's... I think it's the right way. Um, so, when I found to the network, I know people, you know, people to kind of have said, right, I, I can see us working together. Yeah. And that that's how it started getting people on board. Um, so far, we haven't put an advert there saying we need X, Y, and Z, because it's all been through meeting, yeah. knowing somebody. There might come a stage where we have to interview people but we'll have the same mindset and we'll have had more experience into who we work with and get more of the um, kind of faculty involved in making that decision. So yeah. it's, um, I'm glad to say VSS Academy is not about me, it's about the team, it's about us working together. So it, I don't want to make it my face, I want to make, you know, 
the faculty. Uh, it's much stronger that way. Yeah. Just make one, one man, it shouldn't be a one-man show. Yeah. And that was the vision as well. Even from the very beginning with VSS, um, I wanted to be the whole team yeah. that grows um, rather than just being about me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think because it makes the whole um, organization stronger. Did you, did you sort of sit down and, I mean, it's not a very, I'm not being rude, but your name is what it is. It says what it does on the tin, doesn't yes. it really? Visiting Specialist Services Academy, Visiting Specialist Services when you're doing that. Yeah. How long did it take you to come up with a name? That's a very good question. Because <laughs> I remember um, thinking about, at that time, um, I had somebody who kind of, I, I, I got some coaching from. And he told me, you need, you, need a, you need to come up with a name. Yeah. So I went away and thought about it and thought about it. And then in, I actually remember the moment I was in a car and it sort of hit me. Well, why am I complicating it? Yeah. I just call it what we do. We're visiting, providing specialist services. Yeah. Visiting specialist services. It suddenly hit me. VSS sounds all right. Yeah. So that was it. That's how it started. And I and I kind of asked a few colleagues. They said, "Yeah, that sounds all right." Um, we things have moved on. Um, now we have this educational thing. Yeah. The VSS Academy. Okay. For us, who p people who know VSS and know how VSS develop, VSS Academy makes sense. But we're kind of contemplating whether we should think about anything to do with the name to make it more. Okay. Um, um, for the for the educational side, we yeah. should be looking at that. Alan and I are, are kind of studying that right now to see should we look at to do, doing something with the name that's more descriptive of what we do now. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's evolved a lot, hasn't it? Exactly. From, yeah. From there, I mean, look at what we've just talked about. Yeah. yeah. So, and do you feel? I mean, someone turned around to me a while back and very different field, but very similar to yourself. Um, dr again, I say driven, and you know, they had the, they had this they had a a vision of where they wanted to be and probably a little different to you that, that they, they were there. But they, they said they have a hole that they need to fill, this sort of need. Do, okay. you, do you feel like that at all? Do you feel like... Financially, sometimes I know I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... Um, um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a hole. I, I just think I, I like to um, see it working to the best potential. When would, I you, could, would you say then maybe in a different way that you get a, a satisfaction from yeah, it? It makes yeah. you feel quite happy or uh, you enjoy it or yeah. you can kind of sit back and say, yeah, I've, done, I've had a good day today. That's, yes. you know, we've, yeah. we've had a good feedback from the students. Yes, definitely. That's um, definitely, yeah. Having, whenever I, I give a lecture, yeah. I take the feedback very seriously. So yes, I actually yeah. read everything. And if there's a negative feedback, those are the ones I, um, I, I mean, I appreciate all the positive stuff. You of do course. do that because you ask me that, and I'm right. thinking, what are you asking me for? It's important. I think that's. I think this is a characteristic that is used to describe you very well, and that's humble. And I think that's that's a, a very good character. To have. I need to get my wife to watch this then. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly this aspect that you just yeah. said. Put it. Put it. <laughs> Well, I, I can't give you marriage advice. <laughs> Certainly can't. But, but uh, I, I do hear that a lot. I mean, I was on a, a course yesterday and somebody was talking, they had done some training with Amir, okay. uh, BPP. Yes. Yeah. And they said, say hello to Fadi, to, to me. And I said, yeah, of course. Unfortunately, I've forgotten his name. I've forgotten his name. I remember, I remember, I remember. Yeah. But one of the things he said is a really humble chap. Okay, Brilliant that's good to say. And I, I would say the same if I'm honest. Thank I, you. I, yeah, I, I know, take I, that as a compliment. I like that. You know, you, 
in, in terms of your knowledge and your skills and you walk away and then you turn around to me and say, how was that? Mm-hmm. And you've done a lecture and I've just thought, you know, how was that? <laughs> They're all silencing in awe of, of the knowledge that you have and the way that you convey it, I think, is, is wonderful. But I often think the silence because the board and they want to just let, they let them finish and go home. But, so it, it's I important. Think, I think that, you're a natural educator. Thank you. That, that, that means a lot because I... I, I like you said, I do feel happy when, um, if I feel that after a hard day, I mean, lecturing for a whole day, as you know, is quite hard, it's yeah, tiring, yeah. but if uh, people have benefited from it, yeah. you forgot that, you get a buzz, don't you? Yeah. So that part of it is fun, but also seeing a, a plan of a, like, this MSc course coming together, yes. and coming to yeah. fruition, and then seeing the first cohort going through. And I'm just trying to encourage them this morning, saying to them, look, you're nearly there. Because it's a hard, hard slog, you know, doing, um, there's a lot of work, uh, but they get a lot out of it. Yeah. And they're nearly there for, through the first year of this two-year program. And um, seeing that actually happening, yeah. it is satisfying, thinking, you know, this was a dream a couple of years ago, and yeah. now it's actually happening. What would you say with the, the, the kind of the little bits that sort of, I'll give you an example of what I mean by mm-hmm. this, and then you can maybe answer the question. So, for instance, I I looked after a lady um, recently, and it was a, it was a very harrowing experience for her to have the teeth out and then go from that to to dentures to implants, and it and it's a life changing experience mm. for patients sometimes. And for this particular lady, it was it was very life changing. The the routine that she had to try and maintain her teeth was an hour a day effectively away from her family mm. to, to then go from that to take that step to have those teeth out. She's only quite quite young, mm. um, you know, our age, to have those teeth out which were failing, to then have the implants and then have the, the reconstruction. And she was quite reserved and to see the kind of tears and the welling up, although she's holding them back, and she brought me a, a little gift. She to hadn't got a huge amount of money but mm. went to Tesco's and just brought me a little and that mm. kind of hit me there. Yeah. And that's to me, is why I do what I do and the satisfaction that I got from that. Mm. Not satisfied, but that's the kind of, mm. yeah, that's why. That's why I really Makes it this. worth it. Because yeah. that, that was life-changing. Mm. And there's more, there's more cases I could go on, but, mm. but do you get that as well? Do you? De- definitely. I think, uh, again, clinically, some of the reasons that, you know, when you yeah. see somebody... Um, where you've improved the quality of breath with, with treatments, but in terms of um, the clinical aspects, seeing some some people who were on the first cohorts yeah. that I taught, taught uh, first one or two cohorts, seeing them now having a referral practice. Yes. Yeah. And then I often, I love going to conferences and dentistry shows and so on, because you bump into people. Yeah. It becomes more of a social event. And, you know, there are hugs and things and, the relationship that we get in the network and I meet these people, that is, feels great. When yeah. I see them actually having done um, from the very beginning of the course, now they've got their own referral um, practice going on. So it's like watching your children grow. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, I, I don't want to, yeah, it, it is seeing that, seeing this is the dream, really, as an educator, to see somebody doing well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And and um, doing it the right the right way, in my mind, anyway. Yeah. And then they develop new areas of um, of skill and so on. It's great. 
the other icing on the cake is getting them back to work with us <laughs> the pathway so <laughs> so and that that part of it is 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 fantastic because you know people you see that they've done the the, the training and come back and they work with us that that's for and, me and then to sit you down and video you and <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think that that for yeah. me is um it, it really is icing on the cake to say this is great yeah you know um this is what it's, it's about we, we kind of get each other to you know the people who help me get through uh my training and 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 you know i always remember them yeah and i remember things they said um and I, the thing that would give me the buzz is people remembering hopefully some good things and that help them through their career yeah that would be the icing on the cake for me as well that you know like i said that feeling that yeah, I hope I've had, um, it's a privilege to be able to influence somebody that way. It is a privilege. And I just yeah. hope I've been able to do that. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, it, 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 you know, you've got children as well. And um, I hope my children will do that. But yeah. <laughs> certainly as a, as a parent, you say that. But um, certainly as an educator, I would like to see, you know, if I, you, you try to influence positively, don't you? Yeah. Um, and wherever we go we try to do that whether it's at home with your own family your own kids or whether it's um, doing education from people trying to learn from your experience um yeah i think that's that's what i would sort of give me gives me the buzz seeing people um getting to where they want to be but also sometimes people give feedback years afterwards oh you said this i remember that oh, yes yeah okay great yeah.